All right. Good morning, everybody. So, Rennie Doyle Podcast, we're live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, we're ready to go. So, we've got a full shot because we've got our training session going on for this month. So, we've got people around us, and then uh, we're going to get some questions. And then I'll let this dude right here introduce himself. Uh, really good friend, and uh, I think he's quite the entrepreneur. So, we're going to get into some uh, different topics today. That hopefully will help people. It's it's hard questions and a lot of a lot of things that people don't talk about in small business. So Adam, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, Adam Garvin. I'm the owner of Garvin Auto Spa up in McMinnville, Oregon, and I also have a used car dealership, Garvin Motors, and I'm a distributor for a couple different brands in the detailing sector as well. You can you can mention them. Tell uh, them. Be, fly the colors, baby. Fly the colors. So I represent Shine Supply of Northwest Oregon. For Jeremy Stevens, and I also distribute some products for Ian from Auto Fiber. That's it. Both great uh, companies. Yeah, both great, both great people, great companies. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's why I'm partnered with them. Cool. Um, and so also Mafia. So you're here interning. Uh, you trained a year ago. Yeah, I trained February of last year, and then doing my one week internship this year, and it's it's been a great experience to be part of the Detailer Network, and uh, especially going through COVID this last year, getting all the insights. Uh, from the detailer network on that and then being able to do some efficiency training with the parkers down in Scottsdale it, It's really been a great thing for business and a great thing for personal growth as well You know, it's funny because you mentioned something that's it's bringing together an events and doing things and um, We uh, Normally our group and the whole industry is we get together quite frequently in this last year We have, you know for nine months. We haven't been able to and so that I, I forget because that was your first kind of gathering with us because we didn't have Air Force One this year. We didn't have our spring fling this year. We didn't have our summer fling this year. We didn't have we didn't go to Monterey this year. And so that was here. You've been involved for almost a year and it was your first time coming into, you know, our group setting. And it just makes me realize that the importance of networking with other professionals. Yeah. And when you don't have that element, if you know, if you're listening to this and you don't go to shows, don't go to events is you've got to get tied in to those events it makes a huge difference doesn't it yeah it removes you from being on the island and trying to figure everything out yourself it uh, gives you other resources and you know people people face challenges and if you don't have other industry peers to bounce ideas off of you're you're doing yourself a disservice and you're not going to be as efficient or as profitable as you could be you know, I think being involved in heavily involved in either the industry or uh, groups, whatever group it is, uh, mentoring groups, um, it's validation for what you know. And it also teaches that you're kind of full of shit on some stuff, you know. And so I think that taking and getting involved is you got to get involved. Don't go to events and don't come into a group and don't don't get a mentor to talk. Go to those things to listen. Is I think that's a reality people don't and to build relationships, man. There's the thing of, of life is that if you don't have joy in your life, and uh, we're going to talk about some things that a lot of people you might not agree with, and that's okay. But I'll tell you right now, is no theory here. Is that there's no theory. We got a lot of very seasoned, very successful entrepreneurs that are successful both in business and life. There's the key. A lot of people people don't like to talk about it. A lot of people are successful in one or the other. And it's, it's rare to find, not rare, but yeah, it is, 
Uh, it's rare to find somebody that's successful in both, truly successful in both. Uh, what they put on, the, the, the smiley face they put on in social media is one thing, you know? So uh, how long have you been in business? You got I, top, wow. I went full-time wow. uh, April April 15th, 2008. So fired up right in the, the middle of the recession. And I think that's made me a better entrepreneur. It made me look at all aspects of everything and be customer service focused. We, we talked about that earlier because you guys got started during COVID. And then we we're talking about you and other people that got started during, you know, during a really tough time with the economy. And it seems that those people that were really on it uh, have done very well. And so, I mean, you guys are right there. You guys get your start. You know, you're getting onto solid ground and all of a sudden, you know, COVID hits and it kind of it worries you. But a lot of people have been able to really power through it. And honestly, the, the people that have really been on it are busier than ever, you know. And so, and not everybody, but so let's go through and talk about, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, the reality of the, the number one mistake I made, you had some great mentors. Your family was an entrepreneurship family, right? So you've got a couple generations before you that had business experience. Yeah. My grandfather got in the car business back in the fifties. And so, uh, when I rebranded, to my last one a few years ago was to honor his legacy and, and create a legacy brand and uh, really bring that three generations of the car scene from the local area into one umbrella. So here's, here's the struggle is that is that for some people listening is we had no buddy to watch, you know, when we we're younger. And a lot of us, for me, growing up with, with having very minimal is that I had a really Poor, I've said it many times, a poor person's attitude and really climbing out of that. And I could be successful down inside. I didn't think I deserved to be successful. I didn't think I could be that guy or that person or that. Oh, I'm definitely not deserving of that. And I'll tell you, that's the, the number one thing to get out of your mind is because you are deserving of it. And, and maybe maybe you've done some shitty things in life. And you, you may, may, maybe you grew up poor or maybe your parents were crappy to you or maybe, maybe, maybe is change your mindset, man. Because, you know, I was a happy guy and, 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 and I was successful right out of the bat, but I wasn't successful to the level I could have been or really I should have been because I had this mental block on did I really deserve it? And people thought, oh, man, he's God, he's so some people thought I was an asshole or I was cocky or I was arrogant. It wasn't that at all. I'm very sure of myself, you know. Um, I've done some some wild shit in my life that you have to have confidence to do. But when it came even even in my hobbies, like I love skiing, is I didn't reach my full potential in that because I didn't really believe in myself. And that's nobody else's fault but my own. Because some dudes, I mean, I just, Glenn Stern, hey, tonight, by the way, Chris, we got to do a little piece too. Tonight on Discovery Channel, our show on Discovery Channel airs at 10, 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, it's Undercover Billionaire, and uh, we'll put it out there for social media, but we need to get some screens built. So 10, 10, 10 p.m. tonight, uh, it airs. But I, like, even 10 years ago, uh, 15, 20 years ago, I just, getting over that, getting, Getting through yourself, and I can't tell you enough if you're listening to this, 
please take and work with somebody, whether it's a psychologist, maybe get a little counseling, uh, mentors that have been in the same spot you are. How many times have your has your personal image held you back? Have you had a problem with that or has it been okay? Yeah, no. I mean, it, mentally that's that's a block, you know? Um, and I, I think the the psychological aspect of entrepreneurship and how stressed out you can get for oh. for various reasons is you know something that nobody talks about they always want to you know have the flashy tax write off but they don't want to talk about the the mental drain it is on you and how stressed out you can get if you have cash flow problems or you don't know your numbers or you have uh, staffing issues and all all the various things that come with entrepreneurship i, I think is really what especially in our industry. I mean, a lot of people focus on the shiniest paint, but they don't focus on, you know, down the numbers. their P&L. Yeah. Well, that, that takes us into the next one is, you know, back when I was a kid, we used to play war. You know, pew, pew, I got you, I got you, right? Yep. And, 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 it, and it wasn't, although we did play BB gun war, um, <laughs> and I got, I've got a, I had a BB lodged in my side for like six years. I didn't know it was lodged there. And when I was playing football, it popped out, and I was able to I was able to dig it out of my rib cage. And I was like, "Well, that's from like ten years ago." <laughs> um, but here's the deal: is there's a lot of there's a lot of entrepreneurs playing office. Would you agree? Yeah. Is that they're really treating their business? Is there you know is is the mentality is is that I get income in and I go buy shiny stuff to 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 to, to you know what I'm saying? And I think that you really need to ask yourself some hard questions. Am I really treating this like a true business or am I treating this like a, am I playing? Am I out there just trying to take and and is it my ego going before reality? You know, so um, what, what's your, I mean, you, 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 I started out and I'm, I'm going to, let me, let me be honest before critics hit me for the first, I'd say six to 12 months. Um, because I was in survival mode, you know, like so many of us are. For me, the relaunch back into detailing, when I first got into detailing, it was a soft roll approach. I kind of went into it. I've never went into detailing, ironically, with um, enough money. Now, I did with other businesses, but detailing was a fallback for me. The first time I went into detailing, it was a survival. The second time I went into detailing, it was survival. And so I went into it both times. But the first time I was a teenager, you know, um, the second time I was a grown adult with a lot of business savvy, you know, for that age. And it, I was 30 years old. And while I had a plan, I didn't have the money. But I did know I wanted to be legit in a very short time. But in the first six months, I, I took as much cash as I could. Uh, I, I put it, I was living off the grid a little bit. Uh, the people that were coming in and helping me were personal friends. I was paying under the table, you know, but I quickly realized in that first year that, Hey man, I got to go legit because in the back of my mind back here is I was always worried about getting busted and that slows you down too. Yeah. Is, you know, the stress of knowing that you're doing the wrong thing is, you know, Hey, I'm all about, if you, if you work your business, if you're paying taxes, you sh it should be associated with making money. If you're not paying taxes, you're playing pew pew. You're, you're, you're playing war games. You're, you're not legit. I hate to say it. Now, if, if, if your CPA is working with you and he's got it to where you're paying minimal, 
Um, you, you know, good. I mean, good for you, but you're always going to pay your fair share, you know? And I was with Glenn Stearns, the guy that's on Undercover Billionaire. When I was filming with him, I asked him off camera. I said, hey, what's the number one piece of advice anybody gave you? This guy started out with nothing. His, both of his parents were uh, had issues. Um, he, 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 he became a father at 14. Uh, he grew up in it with nothing in this. So, so same mentality, but this, this guy became a billionaire. I didn't. Why is that? Um, Glenn's not a big guy by stature. He's a, he's a little guy, but he thinks very highly himself, not in a cocky way. I'm sure he's, I'm sure there's people that are in his life that would say he's cocky. I didn't see that part of him. I saw a genuine man. That's very, that's very uh, confident in his abilities. But the one number one thing he said is, hey, man, he says, all these rich people, and as people are coming up, how can I skip paying taxes? Let's go offshore. Let's do this. And he says, the number one thing we, when I first became, when I, when I made my first million dollars was a, a, a guy set me down and said, hey, just, just pay your fair share. Get a good CPA and just pay your damn taxes. And he says, Rennie, that was like a boat being lifted off my shoulders. Because I just, you know what? I got a damn good CPA, but I still pay taxes because I love America and I don't want to pay any more than my fair share, but I also want to, don't want the stresses of having the law, the man come after me. Yeah. And you devalue everything. So we saw that in our industry with COVID. Uh, there's a, a vast amount of detailers that couldn't get assistance <laughs> programs when they rolled out. Uh, I, think everybody should operate with the reserve anyways but uh we definitely saw that in, in our industry that there's a lot of under the table money going on there is um and then you you handicap yourself if you ever want to go to sell that or if something happens to you and your wife or significant other wants to go to sell that business if you don't have everything lined up you're you're just shortcutting yourself for the end game wow hand me that picture real quick Okay, this is a great lesson because we just we just had a call the other night. You know, this is Steve, our buddy. Many of you know uh, we lost Steve, uh, thirty nine years old, um, died suddenly. One of the things is that we learned from Steve is that Steve was really prepared. He laid everything out. This point is that if if you're really if you've got life insurance, which you should, is that it's going to be tied in the life. In, the, the, you're, the, don't just go, you know align yourself online and buy life insurance get a professional to help you know what you need life insurance wise they're going to give it to you off those numbers and if you're faking those numbers listen if you take yourself out doing something or you get sick you just screwed over the, 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 your family you know what i'm saying and and listen i i've seen people that that you know that die we had a guy on search and rescue we'd really gotten close to the family we pulled him off the mountain unfortunately he didn't make it and um, he had this excessive amount of life insurance, right? Uh, very successful. But the, the life insurance company challenged his need for that much. Who's going to win? They've got way better attorneys that are made to do one thing, is take money out of your pocket. And so you, the opposite is true to your point, is that when you need a – or you go to buy a house, you know? you go, it's let, let me tell you, investing – I've made as much in my lifetime off of my non-laborous efforts, meaning investments that I had, I have from my efforts. That's the goal is to get yourself to a point to where you can invest your money and get your money working with you. You know, Warren Buffett said it best. If you're, if you can't figure out a way 
in your business to make money while you sleep, you're always going to have a job. Now, having a good paying job for many right now is not bad. Remember my poor way of thinking? That's what I, that's the way I, listen, I've got a great company. No, I had a great job. I created a great job, but I kept forging forward and God, I wish I would have had somebody pushing this down my throat back in the day. And so we did see that a lot of people saying, hey man, I couldn't get the PPP. And the reason why you couldn't get the PPP is you didn't have documentation. You didn't have, you, you, you didn't, you didn't have anybody you were paying that you had a track record. Uh, maybe you didn't have good, accurate books. There's a lot of reasons why, but to Adam's point is a lot of people didn't legitimize themselves. So let's talk about it a second for, uh, this is on a shirt and this is no, this is, I'm going to pre-qualify this next statement. Whoever developed this saying, I dig it. I think it's a great marketing statement. But I want to talk about backside. Detail, eat, sleep, repeat. Uh, let me tell you that is if you've ever gone to the races, we got some racers here, is they always have the jet car as a demo on the drag strip. And if you watch that jet car pilot, is he knows that he's got to go and burst. Boof. He hits that jet. Boof, boof, boof. Listen, unless he's up at the salt flats, they're not going to be able to hit that because what's going to happen is he's going to hit that power and he's going to crash and burn and destroy everything. That saying leads to that. Detail, eat, sleep, repeat. Everything in life is about taking and hitting, knowing when to hit the thruster and when knowing to back off a little bit. I don't like hitting the brakes. Chris, You've driven with me. Do I hit the uh, – well, I usually hit the brakes real hard, <laughs> right? Especially when you're coming up at 137 miles an hour onto the back of a car on the 50 uh, – uh, well, this is – I think we're playing a video game. So for any law enforcement listening or my insurance company, um, is that you got you to gotta know when to take him back off the accelerator. So I don't think I remember you ever hitting the brakes, by the way. No? It was, it was just the accelerator the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I, I use the gearing to, to help out. Uh, and so let's talk about that mentality for a little bit. Listen, it's I love the word grind because you have to grind it out. I'm not saying you're not going to have to work hard. We've, we've put long days in here already. You're long. I hate to tell you guys, your long days start today. You know, I mean, the next this, – this is vacation. Well, working with Diane yesterday is not vacation. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, but – uh, the warm-up is is done. You, you know, we got you guys ready. We're going to work really hard the next three days. But here's the deal is that we also know when to back off. So um, do you want to sh – I'll share personal experiences. Do you have anything that comes to mind when you've just overdone it? I like the fact of what you did this last summer with your family. I think it was a wake-up. Was that awakening to you? Oh, definitely. Share that because I watched it in front of me. You know, Adam's out on this trip, and I'm every day I couldn't wait to go see where you were. <laughs> And, and and so talk about that for a second. Yeah, so I mean, I don't I don't mind putting in long hours just like anybody else. When I first started out, I didn't take a day off for fourteen months. Um, I I grinded for eight years and I burnt myself out. I burnt out employees um, as you know, like I could never keep an employee because I I thought everybody wanted to work as many hours as I did. Um, so took a couple year break and did some real estate things and then when i came back in i really focused on work-life balance and uh putting in a solid five days in the week 
I do some admin stuff on, on the other days. I make Sunday a family day uh, with my kids. And uh, this last summer, with the ability of you're able and being able to uh, do some shop stuff, but, but be remote when I do it, um, and some processes that were put in place with staff, I was able to take my, my family on a trip through three national parks the month of August. And, uh, yeah, it was the longest vacation I've ever taken in 13 years of being an entrepreneur. But uh, my three-and-a-half-year-old still talks about it. He, right before I flew down here, he asked when we could take the motor out and go have a campfire. So How cool is that? Definitely uh, going to be doing that again this summer. You know, it, I've said it a lot of times. When, we, when our team's called out um, – to, to go get somebody out of a, a bad situation is that, uh, and I've talked to our pararescue guys that we've worked with too on this, is that n never in, when, they're, when, they, when they feel they're sinking, I've never had anybody talk business with me except for one guy. And he was a miserable SOB. You know, he was. And, 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 and so with that, your kids is that, and I'm going to tell you as, as experience, I blew it on that one with our oldest three and i've told i've shared this with our oldest is that unfortunately when when she was little is that i had somebody really i allowed somebody in my life that did some damage you know financially and mentally to me we we, we get through that and then all of a sudden 08 hits and she's just going into her teenage years that sucks right because things were a little tight uh and then we come out of that we start building up big time and and the younger kids got to experience something a little different. Uh, and it sucks because if I would have, if I would have calmed down and controlled my ego and realized back then that you don't own shit, shit owns you. Maybe there would have been a different experience. Yeah. And I, it, it filters down to staff too. I mean, I'm a firm believer that if you run your staff more than 50 hours a week, uh, really more than 45 hours a week, you're going to get a subpar product you're going to burn out your staff and, yep. and you really need to understand each staff member and, and know what motivates them. Some that might be benefits, some that might be a flexible schedule for family. Some are still money motivated, but I think in today's day and age, um, that's few and far between. And, and so understanding your team and, and playing to their strengths and not, not just not burning yourself out, but not burning your team out as well. You know, I, I had the opportunity last week to talk to one of our old team members from way back. I'm talking 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I asked him, I said, hey, if I could have changed something in the company back then that would have really made an impact on you guys, A, us keeping people longer, and then B, making them and you like way happy, what would it have been? Interesting question now, right? Because now he's an entrepreneur and owns his business. His answer was, you know, and he says, I learned from you. He says, you know, hey, you're a workhorse. I mean, he says, when I, when I started in with you, you were in your 30s. I was in my 20s. I thought 30-something was old. <laughs> and he says, until I'd go out and work with you. And he says, it was, it was, it was literally, I, I felt like a 12-pan kitty cat compared to Clydesdale. And he says, because you would get onto that sled. And you would just wouldn't stop. And he says it was really motivational, but it was also really it burned us out. And he says, I learned from what, what I do with my staff now is we're at 412s. We only work people four days a week. Now we're open five days a week, 
but we rotate people through. Nobody works more than four days a week and nobody works more than 12 hours a day. And I was like, how's that working out? He goes, I haven't hired anybody in a couple of years. And I was like, okay, interesting point. And he says, now, I said, now, do you take five, four days a week off? And he goes, okay, come on. And he says, yeah, I physically am only in the office four days a week. But he says, how many days a week do you not pay any attention to your business at all? And I said, never. And he says, but how many hours a day do you put in on those days? And I said, collectively, maybe never an hour. Like on Sundays, family day. And it's a me day. Yeah. It's okay to call it a me day. Yeah. Because you, listen, dude, you don't pay yourself some dividends and take some, some time off and enjoy life. Your life at some point is going to suck. I'm just telling you that right now. It's gonna it's gonna suck. You're gonna live look back and you, you know, no regrets. You know, have that tattoo, you know, it's spelled wrong. No regrets. I've got a story on that. I'm not gonna go there. Um and so is is looking at that, I thought that was brilliant. And last night when we're sitting here and we're kind of putting this together, I thought about that and how smart that is. So here's the deal is that on my days off, I I I'm constantly looking at our stats. I'm constantly looking, just checking in an email, but I bet it's 15, 20 minutes collectively, but I'm still got my, I've still got my, my, my hand up here taking the pulse of my business. Does that make sense? Yep. And, but it takes, how long does it take? I'm telling you as a, as a medical, if there's anybody in here, it's an EMT or paramedic or doctor is that we had an incident last week and I'm just grabbing the person I'm talking to them. What they don't realize is when I'm touching their hand, I, I'm taking their heart rate right now. I'm looking at their eyes. I'm feeling that the, the you got such soft hands. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm touching their skin tone. You see what I'm saying? I'm getting a lot of feedback by just saying, hey, is it okay? I'm going to take, I'm going to just going to, can I touch you? I want to see how you feel. You know, I asked for permission and go in there. Well, you know what? Ask for permission from your staff. Go in and say, yeah, how are we doing, man? Are you burned out? You know, are we working too much? And think about alternative. This generation of people, a lot of people, there's a lot of lazy people in every generation. It's almost exactly the same age. You know, a couple months in front of you. Yep. We got lazy people in our, you know, yep. we got lazy people in our generation. It's not a generational thing. No, it's not a generational thing. But here's what is, is that you want a good life. Your staff deserves the same thing. If you tread on them, you're treading on yourself. You're creating a pattern, a lifetime pattern. That's a bad pattern. Does that make sense? So grind and hustle. Um, there's a time to grind, time to hustle, but you've got to know when, just like that jet pilot on that jet car, you've got to know when to take the afterburner off and relax a little bit. So let's go into, we've talked a little bit about being above the board. Let's talk about staff and being above the board, paying your taxes. And so, um, there's a lot of ways to get creative with staff members. So what, do you have a problem keeping people right now? No, we have a great team. Um, I came back into the shop uh, January of 18 and kind of hit reset on some processes and policies and brought on full benefits for staff, medical, dental, vision, insurance, and made sure it was a, a plan that's actually something they can use and it's not just me saying I offer benefits. So the purpose of that is that they can stay healthy and they can they can be at the shop and they can be a hundred percent paid time off accrual program. So through my payroll provider, which is a software based program called Gusto, you're billed uh, a base. What, what is it? It's called Gusto. Okay. G U S T O. Um, 
and you pay a base rate and then you pay per employee. So as you grow as employees, your payroll goes up a little bit. But when uh, you need to export reports or they need a pay stub, they can log into their personal dashboard and pull that pay stub for their new apartment they want to get or the car loan they're trying to pull or the house they're wanting to buy. Um, so you don't have to get bogged down with pulling paperwork. I mean, I still offer that to my staff. If they're having a problem figuring out what form to pull out of their dashboard, I'm happy to assist. But um, it's it's a great program. It's way cheaper than any other payroll provider I've, I've worked with before. And, and wow. everything's right there. Um, they pay all my taxes. The taxes are pulled out of my bank account every two That's weeks. That's huge. Uh, early years of business, I did get behind on payroll taxes, and I had to had to catch up on that. I knew I never wanted to get there again. That sucked. Um, and yeah. well, I'll tell you what, the dude that walked in to tell us, he's a little tiny dude, every time he walked in our door, I just pee myself a little bit. <laughs> because it just, you know what, the uncomfort. And if, if, you know what, 1099. Let's talk about 1099 for a second. It's not legit, guys, in our industry. Here's the parameters. Is that if they're making their own schedule, they're using their own products, okay, um, and they're using their own tools, and they can schedule themselves out. You're not demanding the hours. They're not a subcontractor. And even then in a lot of states, and states are going to be very you're – in, you're in government. Yeah. I don't think you talked about that. You're a city councilman. You, matter of fact, you just swore in last night for your second term, right? Yeah, I discussed one in last night for my second That's cool. Congrats, man. And so, you know, governments are tight right now. And they're looking for money. And listen, if you're not above the board, they're going to they're gonna come after you. So the 1099 thing, all I got to tell you is this. Um, if they get hurt while they're at work and you're treating them as a 1099 and the state doesn't see your way, you're going to be liable for all their medical, for all their care, for all the damages, and they're going to go back for the length of time, and they're going to come after you on all those things. You'll be, you, you might not make it out of that. Another thing, too, uh, that I've seen common in our industry is a casual laborer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if they work under a certain threshold, you can just write them as a casual laborer, and you know, nobody's paying any taxes on anything. Um, that doesn't stand up to an audit. Don't no. ask me how I know. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And, it, and it, well, and here's the thing is that we've learned those hard lessons. And you might be saying to yourself right now, there's going to be two schools of thought. The people are going, wow, I don't want that to happen. And then the other ones that are going, well, I'm a lucky dude. I'll roll the dice. Good luck. You know, good luck. Now, our, we got stung a little bit. I've known people that got stung almost, almost took them out. You know, they'll be paying – They'll be paying fees to the government for many, many years. Now, look what that could be. That could be being paid to your real estate investment. That could be paying towards another business. Is that if you've got to be, I love this, you've got to be 200% ready to hire people. That means being above the board. If you're not, run it on your own, man. Just charge more. You're, I can tell by just looking at everybody on here, you're good-looking people. And you've got this dynamic personality is that look at the handlebar in the thing, you know, <laughs> the handlebar mustache is that, you know what, is sell you and just charge money per hour for just being you until you're ready to hire somebody on legitimately. The other thing we talked about the other day was occupational uh, programs within your local area where you can bring in high school students or college students and, and, and it's minimal investment per hour, but it's above the board and you're training them a skill set.
And so there's a lot of those different things available too that can help you out. And so it's now what about state and federal taxes? Let's talk about that. We talked about the PPP and a lot of people didn't qualify. And still, I still see people to this day complaining about that. And, and, and it was a mess. Uh, we went through the process. And as long as you got your ducks in a row, it wasn't that bad. It was actually, it was pretty easy, you know? I had a punch list from my bank on these are the forms I need. I logged on to Gusto, printed them all out, and put the data into the digital dashboard and hit enter. And a couple weeks later, I got noticed that it was accepted. So yep. it, uh, it was nice to get. You know, the month of April, there was literally no phones ringing. I didn't know what was really going to happen, and I wanted to hold on to my cash reserves in, in case that played out. Thankfully, the detailing industry, I think, fared fairly well compared to others um, and that we we finished the year very strong and um, I'm I'm happy that it occurred that way but you know I would just always recommend people be prepared and you know keep, get your stuff on on board and above board and in a row so you can you can actually utilize things when they come they come along, you know, people will be like, oh, you're just lucky that you got it. And, you know, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So That's exactly if it. you're not prepared, uh, that opportunity is going to pass you by. And there's opportunities that, that pass me by all the time because I don't have the capital to, to get into the game at that point in time. But, um, you know, that's, that's another thing with entrepreneurship is people look at it like an arms race and it, it's really – you just need to be better than than you were with yourself yesterday. You shouldn't be comparing yourself to another detailer or another another industry. Um, you know, I, I see it all the time. People are so proud to open a second or third location when they can't even walk away from their first location for more than a couple of days without a grenade on itself. So make sure you develop the processes and the people that you can actually scale and you're not just opening second and third locations for ego. Well, and that's, I'll tell you from experience is that's exactly what I did is I expanded on ego is, is I really did. I'm not lying. And I, and after the second or third expansion, I realized, Oh shit, how much of this was ego. Now I got in there and we made it happen, you know, but I calm my ego down and, and I, and immediately uh, put ourselves in a position by uh, doing exactly a lot of what we're doing is that I built the companies up, those locations up, and then slowly started selling them off for, for good profit. Uh, because I realized real quick, crap, man, my, I have zero life, zero life. Uh, and it was a great op it was a great experience to learn, but it was a horrible experience for my personal life. And it and it I came out of there damaged. It the, the stress, let me tell you, stress is heart disease, obesity, um, diabetes. Um, mental, I still get to this day, and, and I'm not going to lie, from those times of stressing myself out, I get anxiety attacks. I've got triggers that will put me, you know, I don't collapse and hit the ground. Most people don't even know I'm going through it, but I feel them. I know when I'm there, and that's because I overstressed myself. Is Listen, there's, there, you've got to have a, a, a stream relief valve, is that you've got to have a blow-off, and you've got to have personal interest in you know, I use Bob and Dave Phillips, you know, from PNS as an example all the time. Those guys work their asses off, 
And but they've, I think, throughout their life, they've been able to, especially right now, we've had huge growth. Is that right now? Is that is they've got enough little tiny escapes planned throughout, you know, the year? Is that that is the you know that takes and 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 relieves that valve and allows them to pushing ahead. And so um, that's that's really a big part of it. So um, let's talk for a second that everybody thinks right now is that is is you know you guys you're from you're out of and I'm pointing because they're right here, is out of Michigan. Everybody thinks that, you know, it, it takes a big ticket item to make big money. And that's just not simply the fact is that we've got people in our group that are, are, are making $100 an hour off of $125 to $300 um, tickets. And so, you know, it you don't need to have the $5,000 detail is that, is that oh, sorry guys is yeah we can hear your phone and everything else going on so anyway so we can take and come in off of off, uh, i completely lost my line trying trying to try thought where was i big ticket don't need them take, take it versus, oh, versus, versus, versus small ticket grinding yeah and so is is that you can take in again we're going to teach you guys something you know today this afternoon those interiors that you guys just did with the there is no reason you can't get your systems and processes down to where here I am. I'm not near as fast as I used to be. And, and part of it is I'm just older, right? Um, the second part is I like to have a nice groove. I put some good music on and I like to have a nice groove. Having a nice groove where I'm not totally wasted at the end of the day uh, is, is so key to me. It's so enjoyable. Enjoy, enjoy the ride. We're only here for, you know, we're only here for so many times, you know, depending on your faith based, some of you might think that this journey's done when it's done. I don't, but I think that I'm going to enjoy what God's gifted me with while I'm here. And even at a cool pace, what you guys are doing, that one, that, that, that big SUV, was that thing nasty or what yep. is even at that is that being in a smaller market where you can't charge just outrageous money. I'm going to hit that at over a hundred dollars an hour. I'm going to be just over $100 an hour. Listen, if you can't be on your own and survive and thrive at that dollar amount, especially if you keep your cost low, all these big fancy shops, Main Street shops, massive shops, you guys have got a very realistic shop. I always had very realistic shops. Is that I kept our, our, our overhead low and our profits were pretty high. The highest thing that we had was manpower. We invested heavily into manpower. And as we got as we as we got in more into our our company matured, is we realized that investment had to even be higher. And so, really tracking your dollars and cents. We we're on a call. Um, was it yesterday? Or the day before you were able Monday. Monday. And and you know Michael had developed a a, a profit and loss tracking system, a PNL that was much greater than that. And I couldn't imagine. I couldn't believe the amount of people saying I didn't even know what a PL was until right now. And again, so that leads us into the next one education, street degrees versus a solid, real education. Listen, is that do you have a do you have a degree? No, I went to college for accounting, but I did not finish. Okay. My point right there. You said the magic numbers. Out of everything in your business, everybody always I always go on the I see on the forums and I usually don't go on the forums, but um, hey, you know, I and, and most of this I'm going to tell you because again, I grew up poor, and I know what it is to flex. 
is, you know, I'm looking for an attorney. Bullshit. That's you wanting to make yourself sound important is that I need an attorney once every, and, we, and we're developing companies right now. Once every year or two, I need an attorney to look over something, you know, and I've got access to one. My accountant is much more important is that they set up all the legalities in the you know, LLC, what type sole proprietor, what, what are you going to be, SC Corp, stuff like that. Is that stop? Your accountant needs to be your best friend. I've said it time and time again. Is setting up your ledger the correct way, setting up everything. And the reason why is tax liability later. Again, I don't mind paying my fair share, but that's it. I don't want to overpay my taxes. I don't want to underpay my taxes. Yeah, uh, if you're going to, I just saw something this, uh, this morning on it. Is that hey? I went to the to to. I'm getting my taxes done early. I went to H and R Block, and the guy did. And I was like, oh, fuck! You're a business, and you're going to H and R Block. Excuse my French. And you're going to H and R Block to get your taxes done. Um, One thing you should never skimp on is professional services. Uh, first, build a relationship with an accountant. That accountant can make recommendations for uh, lawyers. They can make recommendations for business structure. I know a lot of people in this industry still operate as a sole proprietor or they operate as a single member LLC. In the state of Oregon, when you get above about 80K in profits, you're going to be overpaying taxes. Um, I did that for a number of years. And you should uh, look at moving on to an LLC with an S-Corp election or a C-Corp. Um, but I can't tell you what, what you should and shouldn't do. You need to build that relationship with an accountant in your market that understands the tax code for your specific state. Absolutely. It can help you project where you want to be and, and keep you, A, out of trouble, and B, um, take off the, the, the be able to guide you through what you're going to need to do for deductions and so forth. It's really important. So your education is, is that I've, I've got, I, late in life, I went and finished up my bachelor's degree. I finished up my master's degree. Um, the guard makes it really easy to get addicted to going to school because of our benefits. And so um, I've got, you know, degrees from um, the most prestigious online universities you could ever imagine. Uh, but my point is I'm going back again this year, 2021, is I'm going back through finance classes again. And the reason why is, is not to go work on my MBA or a, 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 a PhD is it's a PhD in business. It's a I want to go back and make sure that I understand um proper accounting so when my cpa gives me things i'm a little rusty right now i feel like i'm a little behind even with the even with all the classes i've taken before i felt i needed i i needed a semester or two of finance classes again to kind of get that much more up to speed on business finance and so i'm taking classes in regards to corporations so c and s that's that's my total focus because that's that's where we're going with 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 our corporations with our company and so now street degrees uh probably the most valuable things that i've ever learned is from you see all this beauty you see all these wrinkles you see this bot bald hair that's what the street degrees cost me is the stress so my point is, is that if you're young and you don't want to look like me uh is a know when to take and take a break and b go get go get educated it's okay to have street degrees and be drugged behind a car every once in a while and learn, but that's the hard way. Is that right now, online learning is, we were talking about that right before we went on. You've got a lot of that in, the, in, your, in your wood pile. 
And so, um, you know, I just went through, even the military right now, we went through, we had a, a call last night. So much of what we have to do is has been moved to online because of COVID. And I was telling these guys that the amount of online abilities of learning and teaching and sharing is through the roof. I, I mean, it's just unreal. And these are things that, I hate to say it, it's, it's tools that the military are using that private sector have used. We're not using military platforms or government platforms. Those platforms suck, you know? Another reason you don't want to be a socialist. And so, um, sorry. And so I don't think you're an entrepreneur. If you're thinking socialist mentality, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, I would go get on a different uh, uh, call. So let's talk for a second around this off is some real easy things that most people lay lying on the ground is the, the I, I really, when I, I always said when I, when I took and changed my mentality to building my, my business on two factors, relationships with other people and really getting to know them and not selling them what I wanted to sell them, but selling them what they need, built trust up. Once I took and built my company into a trustworthy company, we stopped giving proposals out. People didn't call and ask for a price. People called and wanted to get scheduled. There's a huge difference in that. And it took us about five, five to six years to really get to that point. Once we got to that point, and I hate to say it, even on our training programs like right now, you guys are saying that you had to, you know, you, you got on a schedule, whether it was us or you guys wanting to wait. But, you know, our company right now is, you know, I always, we, you know, there'll be smart asses that come on and say, well, you're just trying to sell training. And I'm like, dude, if you only knew. You know, we got a six wait, a six month waiting list to get into training. Well, we just added another training, so that took a little relief off there. My point is that it's not to brag. My point is we've built up a reputation, we've built up relationships, we've built up um, a fan base, we've built up all these things, and the dividends from building those things up is a it takes time, be patient, okay, but b it's a real sweet spot to be in. Because we, we've got so many great relationships that we've built up and so many friendships. You know, losing, you look at Steve, you know, again, we lost him. And it was, it set me, man. My life was just like, for a week, I was just like, because this is somebody that's important to us. And here it is, a business relationship. So with that, what would be your advice? So let's talk to a person, maybe they're struggling a little bit. Um, maybe they're maybe they've been in business for five or ten years, but it's just not where they want to be. Um, maybe they're just getting started. What would your message be to those folks that aren't where they want to be right now? Well, one of the biggest struggles of entrepreneurship is relationships in general. I mean, whether you succeed or you fail, you're going to lose relationships both ways. You're going to have people that, when you're succeeding, they think you're being arrogant and, and cocky, and so that relationship could fall apart. Um, and if you fail, you're going to have people that, you know, don't want to be around a failure. And so they're going to leave you by the wayside because they were only in it for themselves and they weren't, that wasn't a two way relationship. Um, but more what I could say for anybody just starting out is, you know, manage your cash flow. I see a lot of people that um, do bank account accounting, they see money in their account. And they go buy the, the new product that just launched or the new polisher or they need a lift because they saw another detailer with a lift on Instagram or whatever that shiny squirrel object is this week in our industry. Uh, they're always chasing that. And instead of being planned out and budgeting 
what their capital expenditures are for the year, what what equipment they actually need to uh, to meet their revenue projections, and and knowing what what aspects of their business are actually profitable versus what aspects of their business they're actually just doing for their ego. I you know right now everybody's chasing paint corrections and coatings. But there's people that spend 18 to 24 hours on a paint correction that they're billing out 800 bucks for. You know, um, you could go do wholesale details at 250 to 300 bucks a pop and bang out two or three of them in a day and, and be way more money no, ahead. No, no, no. Correction. Correction. Your staff would go bang out two or three of those a day while you're working on your business. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, that's the way to think about it because that's exactly what you're doing is you're working your butt off. But he's got staff that's help doing the lifting. And so in and, and that's you just nailed it to to a key is that to a T is that you gotta track your man. And I'm telling you right now, man, it's if you're mobile and everybody thinks mobile should be cheaper. I, I was dead opposite. Our mobile was our premium. Our mobile our mobile services cost more. We charge a premium over any of our services. But mobile operators have got this idea that, oh, it's cheaper because I don't have that overhead. Yeah, you do. It's called travel time. And that travel time can extend more and cost you more than a shop would. Now you might think, okay, well, I'm going to go get a shop. Okay, well, you better have the reserves in there. because You just said it, hey, April, the phone wasn't ringing. For some companies, it was. For others, it wasn't. You know, we were shut down for 92 days. And, and the tempo was, everybody was like, nobody knew. I mean, nobody knew what was happening. Everybody's Monday morning quarterback. Oh, when you told people that they weren't essential, hold on, no, hold on. I never told them that. I said if you didn't have the right equipment and products and protection equipment, you weren't. Is and at that time, even the National Guard. If you're, a, you know, I know a lot of you guys are detailers and barely finished high school, but you're a scientist. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, and and I don't mean to be sarcastic, but I'm protective of this industry. And I hated, I hate seeing people run off. I've run their mouths that are absolute idiots that shouldn't be running the mouse, you know? So. And on that call, uh, when you came out with that, I, I chose when I heard that call that I wasn't going to shut down and I needed to make sure that I was fluid and the ability to stay open. And so I went and dove into the state system and figured out how to get a procurement number and be a provider for state service and uh, be able to, clean their vehicles if they need a rise and so I didn't have to even worry about that. Nope. And a lot of people have done that since then is that we figured out now it's really pretty easy to stay open. It really is. But then, then we didn't. It took us about three, four months to figure out how to stay open. Even now with us is that, you know, we got a training center. How protective have I been over you guys and us, you know, not going to the gym, you know, we, we, we're staying in-house. And so there's ways to stay. I won't shut down again. There's no way. Um, future students, you might be sitting in tents in the back, back of the property. Actually, I'll be in tents. We'll put you out. We'll put you in our house. Um, but you got to figure out a way to stay open. So, um, anything else that you just think there's something in your heart that you feel that you want to send out a message to people listening? More than anything, if you're in a tough spot, um, my phone's always on. My inbox is always open. Don't hesitate to reach out. Um, mm -hmm. I'm always happy to help out somebody else in the industry. We've all been through hard spots, and I don't want to jump on a forum and see that we lost somebody because they didn't have somebody there to talk to. You know, the other thing is is that, you know, the one thing about digging yourself into a hole, if you keep digging yourself into a hole, the only thing that happens is you get deeper. 
And so if you see yourself at a mental spot where it's really your challenge, or you see that you're getting into a financial spot and business just isn't as good as it should be, is here, here's the deal, guys, is that I've seen so many entrepreneurs of all ages is that they just keep digging financially and financially. Just go get a part-time job. It's not a proud thing. Matter of fact, I applaud you. I did that for three years, man. I had a part-time gig until I built it up. When all this happened, you know, with COVID, we didn't know what was going. I called Bob and Dave and I'm like, hey, shit, man. Um, have you guys looked around? I wonder if Circle K is hiring. You know, is my and, – and, and I say that kind of jokingly and kind of not, is that a true entrepreneur is going to survive. And I heard the great Carol Shelby once say, I was at a speed, I got to meet him. Did I tell you guys the Carol Shelby story? Yeah. Here's another story I heard him say, is that he was well in his 80s. And he says, guys, here's the reality. You could drop me in the middle of Michigan in January, butt naked with nothing. And by June, I'm going to have coin in my pocket because I know how to do it. At 80-something years old, he had that kind of mentality. And so here's the deal. Stay the course. Don't give up. Go get a part-time. I got a lot of admiration when I hear somebody who's doing a, a double a double duty. The thing that worries me at that is for my own my own experiences, you've got to be really careful not to be that 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 jet car and hit that thruster and hit the end of the hit, hit the end of the, the drag strip and crash and burn. Uh, because it will do it. So Chris, do we have any questions? I want to keep in our time frame to respect people's and we got work to do. You know, I don't have uh, any questions, but we've had a couple of people that it seems like the conversation really hit home. Um, you know, uh, both of them are very similar. They're, they're, they're working uh, quite a bit, like way too much, you know, um, you know, you know, you know seven, seven days a week, that kind of a thing, long days. Let, let me let me tell you something is you've got to have a day it, it I don't care what your beliefs are it's even biblical and on the seventh day is God rested God, if God needed a rest who the hell are you to say you don't need rest you know what I'm saying um, and so here's the deal is that you got it and here's why I, you know I'm joking aside is that the burnout when you're rest when I come back like you know we took vacation right after Thanksgiving you know November, and we're gone for, for, for seven days. And I want to tell you, my mind was quiet and still is relaxed. And I've had more creative juices flowing. And so what I've done is I've scheduled us little escapes like that throughout the year now because um, I'm going to be more profitable from the rest. It's, a, it's, it's just a cold, hard fact. And so to those two individuals is learn, learn. It's usually us telling ourselves we have to do that. And I know survival is important, but your own personal survival is if you're not healthy, your business isn't going to be healthy. Simple as that. And if your your relationships at home aren't healthy because you're you know, like working seven days a week, 16 hours a day, whatever it is, um, you know, you're going to be divorced. Your kids aren't going to know who you are. Uh, you know, when you go home, be present. Don't go home and just be physically there, but actually be there. I still find myself doing that because I've, um, I'm doing a lot of studying right now uh, for a multitude of things, uh, some in business, some in some personal stuff, some military stuff. And I find that I'll be, I'll be 
either reading or reading material on, you know, one of my devices and somebody will say something to me and I'm so entrained on this that this goes to the wayside. But I, I, I think I'm doing a better job. I'll hear that, but it's like, I'm hearing, I hear, that's all I really hear. Seriously. I just, you know, like, like 20 seconds later, I go, oh shit, somebody said something to me. And I'll shut it down and I'll say, I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. I was concentrating. I'm really sorry. I didn't pay attention. And so just own it. You know, just own it. All right, guys. Well, hey, man, I want to thank you for coming on. And um, I, I hope that, you know, I hope this, no matter if you're in business for, for, for two days or for two decades, is that Jim Gogan, I mention him all the time, good friend of mine. Hi, Jim. Um, is that, you know, Jim and I, we've known each other for, um, Jim, it's unbelievable. I think this year, let me do the math, 14, 15 years. Been 15 years and we both we were pretty seasoned in business when we met you know we had we had and you guys have met jim um you know jim and i are both pretty seasoned in business and we've totally have impacted each other's lives for serious positive um and one of the ways we've impacted is taking some time off and on the road, you know and uh, you know one of the last things my mom my mom died in, in 2019 um in September 2019, and one of the last things she said to me is, "Renny, you have no idea." And and I, 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 she wouldn't say any more than that. And then through time and talking to the kids and stuff like that, is that you know, a, I had no idea how much I was going to miss her in our conversations, and then b, no idea how fast life goes. You know, and for you young folks, it goes by really fast, a lot faster than what you think. And it and and listen, these I, I, I kept this by me and I keep this by me is a reminder that Steve didn't have the opportunity to hit fifty-four like I did. He hit thirty-nine. And you don't know, you're never too young to die. It could happen to you, and I hope it doesn't, but you better enjoy the ride while we've got it. So dude, thank you. Thank you for the listen. opportunity mm -hmm. and um you know, those guys that are working those long hours just really reflect on what's driving you and if you're in survival mode because you're doing bank account accounting you know get on a budget and figure out how you can get out of that stress level and be able to make some time for yourself and your loved one good words man all right guys hey everybody i i hope you've enjoyed this and uh go out and it, you know if there's topics you want if we hit on something and you go wow i'd really like to hear more about that um then tell us and then if you got a message that you want to get out to the world tell us we'll have you on you know my biggest thing is to help people grow and and not just in more so in life than business because happy life uh good business you know and it, and it sounds crazy but um you know i've got a good friend of mine that i reconnected with a couple weeks ago and i hadn't been in touch with him in several years he's a self-made uh multi-millionaire and um i said man where you been and he goes have fun. I said, I mean, how's business? And he goes, better than ever. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. He says, I'm, I'm working part-time, making double the money I used to. I said, why? I knew the answer kind of, but I wanted to hear it. He goes, because I'm happy. And when you're happy, uh, you make things happen. And he says, I'm also good. Everybody around me is making more money than they ever have. And meaning his team. And so customers see it. Become a magnet. Become a magnet and stressed out is not a magnet. Stressed out is a repellent. You might as well put, you might as well, if your customers are mosquitoes, 
um, your or flies, you're all you're doing is putting honey all over yourself for flies. And who wants flies? You know, I want sweet little bees. You know, <laughs> so hey guys, take care. Everybody have a powerful day, and uh, you know, just go out and live life. Be kind to each other. Let us know if we can uh, hit on another topic, or even if you've got a great message you like to share with the industry, we'd like to have you on. So take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Chris. Talk All to right. you soon, man. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you later.